Hi, Emmaus. Welcome back to the Proclaim and Display podcast, episode 39, where we help you show and tell the gospel to your neighbors and the nations. Back in the studio today with Jaron and Kennedy. Hello. Awkward wow, sound. dramatic pause. <laughs> I was letting Jaron say hi first, and then he... Oh, I, I feel like first. a little out of practice. <laughs> yeah, Has yeah, it yeah. been a while since you've been I here? I forgot how to talk. Hello, Take people, two. and hello, everybody. We took room. one week off. We took one week <laughs> off, and then this is what happens to us. So that's all right. You know what? To make this all better, though, we, 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 we fix everything in the next 30 seconds because oh, yeah. we have a guest here today, Justin Greenfield. Yes. Yeah, Justin. Hello, Emmaus. Hello, hello. Yeah. Yes. Good we are certain that Justin has a voice for radio and podcasting. So uh, so here's a funny thing, too. This is episode 39. I'm just now being invited. We may quickly find we can't do the podcast without you. Though. Like you may, you may have to. You can gladly dig any of our spots here. It's all good. And yeah. Emmaus would probably be very happy about that. So, so it's been a while uh, since we've had a sponsor sponsor for the podcast and in fact we've never had a sponsor for the podcast these have all been completely made up though we would definitely entertain i think real sponsors for the podcast if that ever if that ever came about however i think today in honor of justin being here this podcast is sponsored by colorado peaches (laughs) what do you guys think does it work Maybe. It's I'm actually down. Cunningham Peaches. They're from Colorado, but yes. I, I can give a testimony. Okay, testify I'm, here. I'm Before Justin, he's going to share his true testimony in a few minutes, but you yes. testified to these peaches. So I happened to find myself at the Greenfields house for the first time. That's so sad. I That's know just it. sad. Uh, me and my son had to go over there for, what did we go over there for? I don't even remember. A ball glove. A ball glove. That's yeah. right. Hunter was helping us out. Anyway, uh, so, you know, the family's there hanging out, and there is, I don't know, maybe 50, 60 peaches over on their dining oh. room table. What? And uh, I don't even know how it comes up in conversation. Justin's like, how could it not? Have you had <laughs> one of these peaches? Like, he is really trying to evangelize me yeah. on, on these uh, peaches. I'm like, brother, I'm just not a huge peach fan. I'm, it's It's okay. I know I've seen his Facebook <laughs> posts. He loves them. I don't want to take one of them from it. Yeah. So he, he cut one up for me. It was the best piece of fruit I have ever put in my mouth. Wow. So is is Cunningham, I mean, I I assume you take the umbrella of Colorado Peaches. There's probably multiple companies out there. You just, you're going to tell us why Cunningham should sponsor the podcast. Absolutely. So So Cunningham, uh, (laughs) the wife Cunningham is Caressa's first cousin. Oh. And it's a, she comes from a family that I was raised with in Henrietta. So this goes way back for years. So, but they've been coming to Oklahoma selling their peaches for 55, 56 years? Oh, wow. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was uh, in Central High seeing my parents a couple of weeks ago, and they as well had this big, massive oh. box of these these peaches. And it's like, what's the big deal? And they're like, no, no, you got to try one. So uh, so, to be, so to be fair, Jaron, I never give away my peaches. <laughs> I, I, I'm I kind of be felt honest. like they were precious to I'm going to so be I'm honest. I'm, I'm selfish because I get up at 4.30 in the morning to go sit in line to buy these. I mean, this is family almost, yeah. right? Oh my you would Lord. think I'd have a connection. Yeah, no, no, no. no. i got to stand in line too. So um, so I don't give away my peaches, right? I am but I'm very like, grateful for your generosity. Jaron needs one of these peaches. I'm really thankful. So. Have you had one, Kennedy? No, I'm going to be honest. This is the first time I'm ever hearing about (laughs) any of this. This is the first she's hearing. So so Kenny Mossman was introduced to the Cunningham Peach this year, and Velvet McBride, another member of MAS, she's familiar as well. And I don't know if it was Cunningham, but a couple of weeks ago, Roxy Hogg showed up with some peach ice cream that she had made and brought it to me Mm. in a mason 
jar. And so I, I don't know that I think it was okay, that Cunningham. Good. Like, yeah. <laughs> Never had. That. Okay, so here we go. Let's run this out for a second. <clears throat> Pick one of these, okay? Uh, peach ice cream, peach cobbler, peach pie, peach salsa, and then just a straight up, you just slice the peach and just eat it. Like, which, which of the which of those do you? Or which of those do you get rid of? Maybe if you can't pick one, like uh, I, I'm. I mean, my the influence I've received from the peach has been the slimy peaches that come in the cocktail. So like, I've just never had a peach. You want to keep going and talk about that cocktail, or you? Just gonna like, <laughs> no, 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 oh, no, yeah. no, no. I don't know what you're talking about. Ellen. Maybe you can enlighten us. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. I don't know. Uh, so I. I, I'll take the simple <laughs> slice of peach if it's from the Cunningham. I don't want nice, anything else. Nice, nice. So I'm kind of the same way. I, you guys know I like ice cream. So <laughs> the peaches and ice cream, it would depend on the ice cream. Yeah. Number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, farm fresh ice cream, that's eh, so not going to cut it. Homemade ice cream or bluebell mm-hmm. with the peach with the would peach. be good, but I'm just going to go with the sliced peaches. Man, it's pretty incredible. They're that good. So, so about 45 seconds to a minute later, you're talking about like the I'm getting ready to go to elementary lunch and I get the little yes. peach cocktail that cup. That was my, in my uh, of peaches. I do. Oh. I love those. Oh, those are amazing. <laughs> are those even real? Yeah, you oh. can like yeah, they're you can good. slide them down like a oh, like on the yeah. half shell. What else do you Like an oyster. Yeah, yeah oyster. Like, you don't even have to chew oh, it. Oh man, those little cocktail yeah oh. cups. No, oh. not a fan. I love them. Peach, uh, peach cobbler is hard to beat. Like I. I love a good peach cobbler. Peach ice cream is good. I'm I'm not combine turning. the two. Could be oh something. yeah, peach ice cream mm-hmm. on top of peach cobbler. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Sign, there you sign me up with that. What do you think, Kennedy? So I like slices, but I love Brahms. Like Brahms has a peach. I don't know if it's pie or cobbler. I'm gonna be honest, but they sell it and it's so good. Interesting. And also, nice. Fred's Catering used to have some really good peach that. cobbler. Nice. Their peach cobbler, I think, was the best nice. ever. That's some black Shout out to maybe. Fred's. Shout out to Fred's. All right, we're gonna lose all of our listeners because <laughs> they're gonna go out to like grab peaches or peach ice cream or something like that. So, good good transition moment here. Which is my cue. This is your cue. Take yes. It. Uh, so. Justin, it really is good to have you on the on the podcast today. And so we're going to kind of start talking about Serve Day, which is a, a good reminder how uh, you've been an encouragement to me. I've observed and watched you give of your time and energy and resources to folks, and, and I've been uh, predominantly uh, influenced by that. So I, I really appreciate it. So Thank you, um, Jerry, and that, that means a lot. Uh, well, good. And I will say that one of the reasons my wife and I serve in youth is she fell in love with you playing the guitar and singing? Oh, is that right? At the youth <laughs> events, right. and she's like, "That's that's my kind of music." There so you go. I'm, right there. I'm dead serious. Yeah. Hey, I'm today, for so hire. I appreciate she wants it. To come over. <laughs> yeah, you can do, do shows. Night. Yeah, I can do. A you little... can come over. We can have peaches. So. Oh, okay. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah, peaches. That's great. So thank you, Jaron. Yes, right. yes. So speaking of serve day, uh, we are really excited about that coming up, and Kennedy's going to enlighten us onto uh, some of those details. But uh, before we get into that. Just a commercial as to what this Sunday is going to look like, family. It's going to be a lot different than typically uh, happens on a Sunday. So at 8.30 is when we're going to have our serve day rally, which will look like a a typical service, just abbreviated. So we're going to have some music, sermon, and prayer. Um, If you've got childs, childs. Mm -hmm. 
If you have children, <laughs> there we go. If you have children that need to be cared for, uh, you can drop them off in the nursery as early as 8.15 and then pick them up at 11.45. And as long as they're no older than three years old. So three Good. years old and younger. Good you can clarification. Do that. Over three years old. They go to Elevate, they get to go to a project Good. with you. And they'll they'll enjoy that. Yeah. And so uh, Kennedy is going to get us going right after the service and send our groups out. And so we're going to have a lot of fun that morning being out in our community. Uh, for those of you who cannot participate in any of our projects, we still will have a combined Sunday school class at 915, followed by a worship service at 1045, which will be identical to those who experience that at 830. So I think it's going to be a really fun, fun morning, Kennedy. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, it's going to be super fun. We have... Um, about eight projects lined up. So um, right now, our a lot of our Sunday school classes are assigned to specific projects. So all of these projects have to do with a lot of our local partnerships that we have. So it's not just random like, oh, I see that this needs to be done in our community. A lot of it is um, we reach out to our local partners. They tell us things that would be helpful for them. And so that's why we're doing it. We want to help serve them help serve our community. So you might be thinking, well, what if I'm not connected to a Sunday school class? Or what if I don't know where to go? We will still have a spot for you. So just because Sunday school classes are assigned certain projects doesn't mean that people that aren't in those classes can't participate. Um, so if you don't know where to go, still show up. We will give you an address. We will give you a group to go with. Um, it's gonna be a really fun time. I was just at the ministry center um, for Sin Relief and we were kind of walking through what that group is going to do and some exciting things happening there. I know that that group is going to also now get to participate with the Vietnamese church plant that's there oh, on nice. Serve Day. So um, just seeing how the Lord works out those details on Serve Day is really incredible because we don't just serve just to do good things and just to proclaim Emmaus. We serve so that way we can build relationships with our community for the purpose of sharing the gospel. So um, come on Sunday. It's going to be a great time. It's also a good time. Like you don't have to dress up on Sunday. No. Come in a t-shirt, like <laughs> wear work clothes, wear work gloves. It's going to be a good time. Speaking of t-shirt, I wonder how many of those original baby blue oh, man. shirts are still out there among our people. I may have to dig mine out for, uh, <laughs> for Sunday. Yeah, I may, I may bring that one back. That was the so. original uh, serve day, I think. And, you know, when people come uh, come to Emmaus, we want them to feel like they could wear that anytime. But uh, especially this week, you can you can get away with that. We want you to wear that. And when you walk in the front door to Emmaus, there's a good chance you'll see Justin Greenfield there at the, at the front door. So Without his speeches. Well, oh, man, not giving those things out right. Sunday morning. So, Justin, I think a lot of people who know you at Emmaus know you from Welcome Team, and you're just there receiving people, encouraging them, caring for them as they come in. Why is that Welcome Team ministry uh, so important for you? And I'm not, I'm not even teeing you up for a particular answer. We haven't talked about this ahead of time. Sure. I just know... This has been a neat uh, thing the Lord's allowed you to do. Why do, why do you love that welcome team side of things? So I, I think one of the main reasons is I like to meet people. I like to get to know people. Uh, but the other the other thing is I've, I've went to people's houses before when you walk in and it's just awkward. Nobody really talks to you. It's just you don't feel you know warm and, and welcome. And so I don't like that awkwardness. So anytime somebody comes in, I want them to feel welcome, um, valued. You know, we're glad you're here. You know, just to kind of diffuse that awkwardness and, and maybe put a smile on their face for the day. So um, 
anyway, that's really why I like doing it. And I'm kind of a people person. I like to talk. So. Well, and I think that impact goes further than you realize because, you know, I try to spend some time visiting some, some of our homebound members who used to be regular and every once in a while they'll be, hey, tell old Justin Greenfield <laughs> I miss coming in that front door yeah, and seeing yeah. him. And so that's well, and, that's and, cool and I don't I don't have any grandmothers left in my life. So a lot of these more mature ladies here, they're like my grandmothers. And so I like seeing them every, <laughs> yeah. every Sunday, you know, so. Um, it means a lot to me, though, for sure. And you do build a unique connection with people, as you sure. see them come in week after week. And uh, this idea of how we try to be as multi-generational on that welcome team as we can, just connecting with people. And, and you and I have even had conversations in the last few weeks about how we can incorporate uh, more of our, our teenagers and Absolutely. kids you know, into that welcome, that welcome team piece. And so I think it's a good reminder for Emmaus that you may not formal, formally serve on the welcome team like you may not get there 30 minutes early to do that we'd love for you to <laughs> come find me and justin we have some spots we have some <laughs> spots we can find you a spot uh but every member at emmaus in a sense is part of the welcome yeah. process that when somebody comes in that they're that they're cared for if you see somebody sitting by themselves they may want to sit by themselves there may be a, re- a reason but they shouldn't sit by themselves for a lack of us trying to connect with exactly. them and make sure they know where to go and and you try to walk around Emmaus. I mean, it's a series of hallways. Like it's hard. It's hard to get around when you get in building building C. And so when you see somebody walking around, that, that you're able to connect with them and help them get in the right place. And I think people are hesitant about maybe approaching somebody they haven't seen or they don't know because if they ask them, "Is this your first time at Emmaus?" Yeah. They may say, "No, we've been coming several months." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's okay. Which we've all that done. That, we, we, that can happen there. to a pastor. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But don't let that stop you from reaching yeah. out and making that connection because you never know where that relationship could go. Yeah. So. And we we talk uh, a lot in church and as people come in for membership, when you the ways you get to know somebody at a at a church, um, people come to church for the first time for hundreds of reasons. They stay because of relationships. They stay because they've they've connected, and so we love for people to connect in groups. If Jeff Hemphill was in here, he'd tell you, you know, get in a group like you connect there. You really get to know people when you serve with them, and so when you're serving alongside someone week after week, month after month, you form a connection that you just mm-hmm. it's hard to form otherwise. Right. And so that's why I love Serve Day as well. You're, you're getting outside of your normal situation. You're working alongside people. You know, you pick up the kids 11:45. You go to lunch together. You just you build connections the way you wouldn't you wouldn't do that otherwise. And so, Justin, I think about um, the, think about your story, and even the welcome team piece of the first time you guys would have come. You know, to Emmaus. Right. Whenever what year was that? Do you remember? Off 2013. Okay, 2013. Yeah. You guys come for people here, and there'd be a lot of people listening to the podcast that wouldn't know your background, wouldn't know your story. Give us that, uh, you know, five to ten minute version. I know there's a five to ten hour version, Absolutely. but yeah, <laughs> give us give us that five to ten minute version of just God's grace in your life, His work in your life, um, coming here, coming to faith, what all that has looked like. So sure. just kind of walk us through, and we'll we'll transition through that conversation with you. So a lot of people have, maybe have heard our story, but for those that didn't, we came from a church background that was um, it was very works based, very legalistic. Um, there was an unsaid list of rules that you had to follow, things you did, things you didn't do. Um, for instance, we didn't go to doctors. You know, we relied on faith for any kind of medical issue we had. So um, never took medication. I was born in my family, in my mom and dad's bedroom, you know. And so um, 
that was one of the things, you know, you couldn't go to doctors, you couldn't take medication, um, you couldn't go to other churches, you had to be baptized in that church for salvation. So it, it really became, it was up to you, you know, whether you got to heaven or not. So my whole life, I felt like I'm going to hell. I, I can't do this. I can't do this good enough. I'm not good enough. And so, um, but, you know, being raised in that church, and it, it goes back generations for our family. So um, you just do what you're told and you keep, you know, you just keep on. So God began working with Caressa and I after we were married. We had kids, and we began reading the Bible for ourselves. I, I started watching some um, Internet videos of different preachers, and I was understanding what they were talking about. I was understanding grace. I was understanding, you know, it's not up to me, you know. So, But still that scary thought of I'm not going anywhere else. I'm staying where I'm at. Mm. So um, long story short, we had a friend that was coming in town, and we knew she wouldn't want to go to church with us on Sunday, so several people had invited us to Emmaus. Every time we turned around, somebody was inviting us to Emmaus, we're like, we can't go to Emmaus, you know. So um, I asked Russ, I said, what do you think about us going to Emmaus Sunday and just getting everybody off our back, and we'll, you know, cover cover our our, uh, guests coming in town? And she said, that's fine, whatever. So we went scared to death right mm-hmm. I mean this was big for us this was a sin I mean this literally you know we came in secretive mm-hmm. sat down um, but I was saved that day mm-hmm. at Emmaus so I get choked up every time I say that but and I didn't really know at the time what all was going on but I knew that God was was working things out and every time I would come to church for the next three or four months I would cry because I was just I was soaking it up and everything that I was reading and watching on the internet with some of these other preachers. It was becoming real to me, right? It was it was becoming truth, and I realized that the way I had been believing was not truth. And so, um, anyway, it just broke me down. And uh, so here we are. We're still here, you know, <laughs> nine, nine, ten years later. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's incredible. Uh, so you talk about people inviting you to church. These are just community friends. So Bob Bynum was one. We, uh, I was a painter at the time, a commercial painter. And so Bob had some commercial buildings, and we worked for Bob on two or three different projects. And uh, he would talk to us, you know, and we knew he went to Emmaus. Um, another weird thing is my voting place was here at Emmaus. <laughs> um, Tara used to be Castleman. She's a painter now. Mm-hmm. Uh, she worked with Caressa, and they had a lot of conversations. And, and I could tell you, I was on board a lot quicker than Caressa was, but the way God worked with her mm-hmm. as we went through that process is, is really amazing. It's really amazing. And so if you haven't talked to her about that, you should talk to her about that also. But um, so, anyway, yeah, the, the invitation and the relationships that um, that brought us here is is awesome. So I'll, I'll forever be thankful for that. Yeah. What do you feel like, uh, I know this is a broad question, what do you feel like the Lord is doing in your life in this season? So you guys, you and Caressa, new season of life, you know, new place in life. You're, you're 10 years on in your faith. You're a leader in the church. You wouldn't probably call yourself that, but you absolutely are. Um, what do you feel like the Lord's doing in your life right, right now in this season? So, um, a lot of, you know, we serve in the youth and, both of our girls are now graduated out of the youth. So 
it's different right now. And so um, we're not empty nesters, but we're headed down that road so we kind of see where it's at. Um, but we, we've prayed about it. We feel like our place is still in the youth. Um, I've got a group of guys that we're in a discipleship group, and uh, God is really opening up their eyes to mission work and what that looks like locally or even here in the church. Even though they're young, they don't think they're really a part of the church, but they're starting to understand that they have a place here and there's things they can be doing in the church also. So um, I think for now, just um, leading those guys, you know, in that is, is pretty cool. I never thought for a minute I would be any kind of, and I still don't see myself as this, but any kind of leader in a church or anything because um, Caressa will tell you in our old church I really didn't have much to do with it. And so um, any any kind of leadership things that I bring to the table right now is totally God-related. You know, God leads that. So, um, But just, just to keep my eyes open to what God is, is leading us into, um, you know, so, so pray for us about that for yeah. sure. But, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I know the encouragement, Jaron said this earlier, but the encouragement you've been to me and just to see the way you invest in these guys and, and you love our older crew as they, as they come in the building and the, and the friendships you guys have, you know, have developed in the church and just, it's just such a, it's such a beautiful picture of the gospel and the church working as, you know, as Christ designed it to. And, and that doesn't for a second, you know, we're not putting you on a platform or sure. saying you're perfect because you'd be the quick to jump in and say, wait, wait, Absolutely. there's, you know, plenty, <laughs> of, plenty of challenges here, but it's even in those challenges where God's grace just shines so brightly. And I think that's what's awesome is when God's grace grabs a hold of you, the freedom that that brings and the shedding of chains, man, we have felt it, y'all. I mean, not that we can just live however we want. We don't want to live however we want. We want to follow Christ. We want to follow, you know, the life that he has for us. Um, But we don't do that to gain anything. We've already gained it all, right? Mm, So yeah. But that realization, literally, you could feel it go off my head all the way down to my feet. Like it was just that, that heaviness was removed and joy came into our hearts. So, um, man, I'm, I'm so thankful for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for the role that Emmaus and everybody has played in that, man, that's, that's awesome. Everybody in this room has played a part in that. So, Well, just, uh, just uh, hit the 30 seconds back button on your phone and uh, re-listen to that a couple of times yeah. because that's uh, – <laughs> That's New Testament theology. That's that's the church at work. Uh, I think you quoted a few hymns in in the middle of that, but uh, <laughs> like it, that's just uh, that's the good stuff, man. That's what that's why we're here. That's what that's sure. what we want to see happening. Just and and now for you to be in a position where that that multiplies and and that generational impact. And I always think of the story of my grandpa um, at his at his funeral. They asked all the men who had been a part of his like eighth grade boys Sunday school class through the years to stand up and just men all over this church that are, wow. you know, standing up and, and he lived a very, uh, you know, unassuming life, but generations of eighth grade boys, you know, had been impacted. And, and I think about that, what that long-term impact is going to look like, you know, from your life. And man, that that's the good stuff. That's, that's so much fun to think about. So, uh, Kennedy, would you, uh, would you pray for Justin? And, and his family and our church family and the opportunities we have to serve and reach out and share the gospel, and then we'll wrap up. Yeah. So. Lord, we thank you so much just for who you are. God, we thank you for the reminders of your grace um, that um, 
just the reminder of your power and of your saving grace, God, that as we listen to Justin's story, God, we thank you so much for the green fields and just how um, you have intricately woven um, just so much power and grace in their story, God, and bringing them to Emmaus, but ultimately bringing them to you. God, we praise you um, for that, and we just thank you for how they continue to be an encouragement to all of us here in the church, God. Um, God, I pray that as we are reminded of Justin's story today, we would be reminded that when people walk into these doors, we don't know what they're going through, um, that we don't know what baggage might be brought in, Lord, but we know that we're called to fix our eyes on you and to serve you um, and to ultimately proclaim and display Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Jaren, what? Those cups, they're called fruit cocktail cups, aren't they? Like they got the they have the cherries in there and like the, the, no, the not pears. the ones with the cherries. Those are extra gross. Oh man. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Just, oh, okay. the, just the peach cup. Slimy so. fruit cup. That's what it should be called. It really should be. But like I was like, oh fruit cocktail. That's what those cups are called. Is that not so. what I said? No, yeah, you is, did. But I heard cocktail and my mind went off. But everyone else was <laughs> on a different page. But that's what it is, a fruit cocktail cup. So Oh man, we're oh, gonna circle back on that. All right, we love you, Mace. <laughs> See you soon. Bye, Mace. <laughs>